Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we are privileged to be joined uh, once again uh, by a most excellent uh, couple of podcasters. Uh, We have uh, from the Mad Max Minute, uh, Julia Ingham and... Obi-Wan Ingham? No, this is Rick <laughs> Rick Ingham, who's wearing... I gotta say, actually, I feel kind of left out. I don't know how you're feeling, Julia. Marcy is wearing L.L. Bean. Rick's wearing L.L. Bean. I'm wearing... Oh, you know what? I am, too. So maybe... Oh, it, no! <laughs> uh, okay, my robe is L.L. Bean as well. I feel like Everybody, I need to go get my robe. We forgot to tell Julia what to wear. <laughs> anyway, so here we are from the Mad Max Minute, from Die Hard Minute. Uh, they're most excellent... Uh, guests uh for this friday episode this is minute 99 of roadhouse um this minute starts with dalton barging into the x-ray room Mm -hmm. and it ends with dalton heading back into the double deuce all dalton does is just barge into places uh in this minute Um, and this is the minute so uh, it's been fantastic having you on here all week but i feel like this is this is the minute that uh is best for us to all talk about here mm-hmm. as a quartet because you know this is where we get into some some couples this is this is the couples minute uh of the week and i i don't know there's i, I feel like there are lots of things that we could dig into about their particular relationship <laughs> in this particular minute so maybe i should just step back and say where would you all like to start and i won't run over your choice this time marcy where would you really? like to start it's true that's I true. don't want to choose this time. Oh, I've, I, I've cowed you into submission. Okay, yeah. somebody else choose then. <laughs> I would Julia. like to volunteer Julia okay. to oh, talk a little yes, bit about too. how sensitive medical records are being handled in this setting. Yeah, he shouldn't really be allowed in there. I mean, it's not an egregious breach of HIPAA, which, of course, is not a thing in 1989. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, you know... The the x-rays are not clearly labeled as to who they belong to, that he can read that information. So mm. it's not horrific that he can see the x-rays, but that's still somebody's private health information, and he shouldn't really be in there. Yeah, it's not that big of a community. So if he right. were to lean close enough to the x-ray to read the name, he probably would be able to have a good sense of whose records those are. And then he would be able to just go sit, go down to the double deuce and be like, hey, guess who I saw, you know, some abdominal x-rays for, or abdominal? Yes. Ab- abdominal x-rays for. And then he could start spreading rumors about how, you know, Bobby Joe McGillicuddy has, you know, kidney stones or something like that. And then before he knows it, everybody's making fun of him. Wouldn't it have because been he doesn't cr- drink enough water? <laughs> Going back to our last minute, because um, I, I, one of the things I did notice here is that it appears these are all like abdominal X-rays. Like apparently, like people, there are a lot of gastrointestinal issues in, mm-hmm. here in Jasper. Wouldn't it have been creepy? Thinking back to our last minute, if he had come in and the first thing he had seen was something that said like Garrett comma w and it was just or, like, like here are all the places. Here are all the places in which Wade's body yeah. is now broken inside. Oh, that would yeah. have been fascinating. Yeah. Yes. To get that... to actually see the internal damage. Yeah. That either Wade or Dalton has sustained over the course of this movie. Some embedded metals 
just like left behind <laughs> in their bodies. Yeah. Let's let's so really quickly since you brought that up, Marcy. Let's let's just go around. So rapid fire. Don't think about this too fast. Everybody, name one object that we feel like is still lodged in Wade's body. Some staples, just like from an injury, and never got them taken out. He just Julia. left them in there. The broken off tip of a pair of scissors. Rick. Oh, gross. Uh, a shard of a shard of a glass bottle. I'll pick bullet. That seems the most obvious choice. <laughs> Those and you know what? All Chances are, gruesome. yeah. So E, I think the, the correct choice is E, all of the above. All, of the above. <laughs> all right. Um, oh. Okay. Well, so HIPAA, HIPAA concerns aside, I mean, most of this minute is about the, the two of them sort of fighting. And I got like, how do you feel like this minute went over in 1989? Because I got to say in 2022, it's like, it's, it's pretty uncomfortable. Just the whole physical grabbing of her. Yeah, he yeah. Dalton is a monster in this minute. Yeah, but he ha- does ha- not come off well in today's society. I think, yeah, I think like, to, like thirty-three to years dissect ago. This minute, we kind of have to put on nineteen eighty-nine goggles to get past that because we can't, you know. If that's the only thing we focus on, we're not going to learn anything else. I mean, I think even if we. Don't try to filter it through, you know, the way we should rightly be looking at, I think, situations like this. Even in 1989, this is a pretty rough minute. I think the big part where Dalton falls down in this situation is that his explanation of why he's so anxious right now is because, let me, Doc, the man is crazy. Yeah. And that is the explanation that he offers as to why he's barging in saying that they need to get out of town. He's not a very good communicator. What we he? have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, but, you know, too, I mean, so part of the problem clearly is that the two of them have not had a chance to process what happened the night before with Jimmy. Oh, yeah, the throat rip. Like, yeah, because she like, just runs Jim, away. Jim, Thank you. I Jimmy, couldn't really remember why she reacts this way. Jimmy literally like happened. Jimmy throat pull. Okay. Jim, and Jimmy happened last night yeah. in Roadhouse time. They didn't have any time to, oh, what's the phrase? You do a, a, a post debrief. game? A debrief. debrief. Thank you. Yeah. You got it, Marcy. <laughs> yeah, what is he going to say? Like, I had to kill that man with my bare hands, and this is my go-to move. Because you see him later on when he's about to kill Brad Wesley, like, really consider if he's going to bloodlust and rip another throat out. Like, how does he explain that impulse to Doc? Yeah. I don't think he should have to explain anything to Doc. Uh, he, the, the man was going to kill him. It was yeah. self-defense. Do they? I think that if you're asking someone to leave their life and run away with you yeah. to save your own life, then you'd need more than that guy's crazy. Hmm. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I meant to say, I don't think Dalton needs to justify why he killed Jimmy, even that he did it in such a horrific way. Jimmy was pointing a gun at him. Yeah. See, I think he does. Okay. Now, speaking to of her, guns yeah, and right now stuff. Uh, did they telegraph the throat ripping move earlier in the movie? Did someone yes. make a comment about I, that? Yeah, I think they commented. There's a whole conversation in the bar where Hank says to Steve, you know, hey, you know that guy? And he even pantomimes it. He's like, heard he ripped a guy's throat out. Okay, good. I thought they check off gun that 
And I would assume, so, so, so the other piece of the puzzle is the conversation that Wade and Dalton have in Bonnie's Grill, where Wade basically says, you know, when a guy's pointing a gun in your face, you got two options. You can die or you can kill the MFR. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not implied, it, it is not definitively said that he killed that guy in Memphis by ripping his throat out, but I think you can put the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I took it to mean. Yeah, I think the the conversation that they have it just it needed to be longer it needed to be more in depth um okay well let's pretend we were all dalton what would you have said to doc as you after you barge into this x-ray room to try to convince her that it's time to go i think i definitely would have opened with hey i got a call (laughs) from brad wesley this morning yeah tell her what happened and he told me that he was going to flip a coin and depending on what side of the coin came up, he was either going to kill you or he was going to kill Wade. I've got Wade back at the bar. I don't think you're safe here at the hospital. Yeah, there you go. Some because info. the nurses will just show anybody where you are at this current <laughs> moment. I had to show zero credentials to get back here. Okay. So do we think, uh, so do the, Marcy, Julia, do you all agree that, that was that was the information that needed to be provided? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so my follow-up question is, let's say that Dalton had said all those things when he came in here, which admittedly, he was doing that thing that sometimes people do, I think, where he was having this whole conversation in his head, and then what came out of it was like the last line, which is like, the guy's crazy. Based on what Doc has said, do we think that would have worked? Because Doc's line in this minute is, I'm not going anywhere with you. Mm-hmm. Do we think that even that explanation about how her life is supposedly in mortal danger would have convinced her to go off with this person that she now thinks is a psychopath. I think that another conversation should have taken place before this one. The first thing he did in the morning, why wasn't it to talk to her Mm. and have a conversation about what happened last night? Well, maybe she's been on a 12 hour and she just hasn't had a chance to get off work yet. Mm. But he's, I don't think he cares. He's all keen to go in to the hospital now like why wouldn't he try and meet up with her earlier right he hadn't He's gotten got that call this for, circumstance I mean, he... that makes it so that he is willing to barge in and yeah. just be in charge of whatever room he's in so he thinks that that the current circumstances are important enough for him to barge into the hospital but not she witnessed me gruesomely kill somebody and that isn't a big enough deal for him to go out of his way to have a conversation with her. I think that he's just not that good a boyfriend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't has, think he... he has drawn a clear line about what is super duper important and what's not. I don't think he has a lot of experience being a boyfriend. Yeah, that seems, that we seems th- like a good so- do we think that, yeah, so here we are, you know, two two happily married couples, I think can provide some insight on the, the nature of this relationship. Like how long do we, do we think Dalton has been in longer relationships than this? Or do you think that this is his current, like, is he, is he currently just setting and extending his record here with Doc? I feel like the relationship they mentioned uh, in Kansas City, Me- uh, in Memphis. Memphis, with a married woman, I mm. feel like that was a maybe a longer term relationship. See, I feel like it was shorter. You feel like it was just kind of like, I, I don't know. 
I he's... feel like they I feel like they maybe slept together three times and then as soon as the jealous husband found out about it, he came at her with his gun oh. and got his throat ripped down. Oh, okay. I don't know. What do you all think about that? Break the tie. I think that he has not had a good track record for longevity with relationships. Because he doesn't seem to know how to do it. He doesn't yeah. seem to know how to date her. Well, more to the point, I think generally speaking, he doesn't want to do it. I mean, all of the body language he gives off in this movie is like, you know, I want to keep keep women at arm's length. Yeah. 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 It's it goes back to that car situation. You know, every time he rolls into a new town, he buys a beater car because he knows that people are going to target it to get back at him. And so he keeps other people at an arm's length if he thinks that they could potentially be targeted to hurt Uh, him. Yeah. So it's sort of like that quote from Heat, like never get attached to anything that you're not willing to walk away from in 90 seconds Mm -hmm. if you feel the heat coming around the corner. And I think if that's the lifestyle that he wants to lead then his biggest mistake was earlier in this movie and getting involved with her. Yeah. If he wants to live that kind of life, then he needs to, if he, if he spends the night with women, he needs to be willing to walk away. And he's not in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, by the end of the minute, he is. He let him go. He let himself get seduced by outside rooftop adult relations. (laughs) (laughs) He was seduced by her tablecloth miniskirt dress. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's fair. Uh, can we can we at least entertain for a few brief moments this question of where Doc's responsibility is in this relationship? I mean, because so far, if we go back to the minute at by, down by the side of the river and just sort of the way that she's handled things, she is seemingly has zero empathy so far for what Dalton, the experience that Dalton has said. Does anybody want to at least suggest that perhaps she needs to bring a little bit more empathy to this relationship? Or am I just totally out in left field? The thing that I like about her and I think is good for Dalton is that she doesn't, like, she's not really interested in his crap. She She is her own person. She is a grown adult with education and responsibilities and standing in the community. And she is like, she is a legit adult. So when she attaches herself to a man, she's not doing it to complete herself in any way. She's Mm -hmm. doing it because she enjoys his company. And I think she expects the same from him, that he is a complete adult and she is not completing him in any way. So that's, I like that. That's a strong, independent woman sort of thing. Um. But on the other hand, you know, even complete adults need things from a partner. Like you need to be able to talk about your history and things that were traumatic in your history. And maybe you're not done working through those. Maybe you need some help working through those. So part of being in a relationship is working through things. Even if you didn't have anything to do with it, even if she wasn't involved in whatever went on in an old relationship in Memphis doesn't mean that she isn't, that she shouldn't be there for him to talk it through and work it through. So yeah, I think she should have had more empathy for him. Yeah. I mean, so just to follow up on that, we know that she knows that he is no saint, right? I mean, one of my favorite lines in this movie is on their very first date when he says to her, I better get you back 
pretty soon you're going to start thinking I'm a nice guy. And her rejoinder mm. to that is, I know you're not a nice guy. Like she knows this about him. And so when she sees him kill a guy and doesn't really know how or why, she doesn't see the gun. She's made zero attempt to try to understand what or why happened down by the river. She's just decided, I'm not going anywhere with you. And by implication, you're crazy. Because she says essentially, you know, you're no different from Brad Wesley. I mean, some people have emotional limits. You know, they they have boundaries in relationships. You know, some people be like, you know what? I, I will be in a relationship with this person up until the point where they rip someone else's throat out. I understand there are extenuating Mar- circumstances. Marcy and I put that in our prenup. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, or, it, or in your vows at the wedding. Like, do you take this man? Do you take this woman? You know, we didn't, we didn't want to so shock long the congregation. As... <laughs> you know, it's you just know, something up, that's up until the point that he the rips the throat out, sort of right. thing. Right. <laughs> Till death or trachea do you part. Yeah. Right. Uh, all of this talk about throat ripping, it makes <laughs> me think about how unfit uh, Kelly Lynch as Doc would be in 2010's MacGruber. <laughs> because that movie is like, 30% throats being ripped out. That is the go-to move Ew. that Will Forte as MacGruber uses when he's fighting dudes. And he will just go, sweep through a room and just get and grabbing throats right, left, and right. Which is, I mean, and again, I'm I'm really sorry, Rick. We should have done our homework ahead of time. I've never seen MacGruber <laughs> either. Um, but I mean, mm. from what I know, like that's an obvious roadhouse homage. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. obviously. There's so much big hair in that. Can I take your comment, Rick, and just expand it a little bit? Because so, so this is so last minute was our Sam Elliott minute. Mm-hmm. This minute is our Kelly Lynch minute. Um, and we're going to, we, uh, I, Marcy, I almost forgot. We'll get to this too. But would you all like to just give us your, in a nutshell, opinion on the actor Kelly Lynch or her performance in Roadhouse? I'll start because it's not great. <laughs> uh, the movie as a whole, fine. It's fine. It's fine. She's just fine. This minute in particular, it's like she's never acted before. Yeah, I've <laughs> got that down in my notes too. When he walks into the room, she stops what she's doing. She puts her hands on the table and just looks into the middle distance and doesn't move. No. Yeah. It's so weird. She does And then not she do. has like two lines and they're ridiculously stilted. I don't know what she's doing in this minute, but it's not acting. See, I have to disagree. Oh, you think <gasps> Rick, 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 Rick carries a torch for Kelly Lynch. We did not. I did. Julia, not did you know this? I did not. Wow, there's gonna be there's gonna be some post podcast conversation going on tonight. <laughs> saying, seeing her portrayal of Doc in this minute, she strikes me as someone who is dealing with someone that she thought she could trust, someone that she was vulnerable with, someone that she decided that she could open up to and suddenly there's this horrific realization that you know this whole talk about him not being a nice guy that wasn't just you know cute teasing talk like he is legitimately someone to be frightened of and she is trying to keep it together so Mm -hmm. if she's wooden it's because she's trying to keep these emotional walls in place so that she doesn't run screaming from the room because she didn't see the gun. She didn't get the exact context of when he ripped that guy's throat out. If he is upset and barging into her workplace, she doesn't know if she's next. 
You know, he can fly off the handle and suddenly her throat's getting ripped out. Um, you know, she's got to keep keep some pretty light touches on the situation here. So I think she's doing a really good job of walking that line between trying to keep herself together and trying to keep him at a safe distance. Marcy, we've so we've talked a lot about Kelly Lynch, obviously, now that we're on our 99th minute of Roadhouse. So you don't need to give <laughs> me your general opinion of her. What do you think about Kelly Lynch in this minute? Um, yeah, I hear both those perspectives, and I think they both have a lot of validity to them. Um, I think, you know, as we've seen, <laughs> as we've seen of her in the the whole movie, like it's not it's not a good scene. Like I don't believe a lot of her feelings about for Dalton, like you, you've said things where you think that she is wanting to kiss him. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like it, you know, it's just, <laughs> I don't get the that's vibe because That's her. just because it, it offends your sensibilities that Patrick Swayze would deign to, uh, to slum with Kelly Lynch. Maybe a little Maybe bit, a little bit of that. Have you all seen Kelly Lynch in anything else besides Roadhouse? Um, I don't think I have. I don't know that you would. She hadn't done a lot of stuff. So as I mentioned to you, like after we finish this long day's journey in tonight, we will continue to do some special episodes from the Roadhouse Cinematic Universe. And I think we're going to try to pick a couple of sort of a couple of particular movies for each one of our main cast members. And for Kelly Lynch, like the movie she was in that got her Roadhouse was this movie called Drugstore Cowboy by Gus Van Sant, which I've never seen. Um, I've got a lot of respect for Gus Van Sant though, you know, so presumably it's gotta be halfway decent. And then of course she was in the cinematic classic, the 1982 cinematic classic cocktail, um, which uh, I'm, I'm dying to watch again with Marcy. As I mentioned, uh, Marcy is our fashion consultant and Marcy, guess what? It, it's Kelly Lynch's, <laughs> she, she has uh, returned to the screen, which means, and sorry, I didn't prep you all for this. It's time for a segment that we like to put in from time to time called Rate That Lynch Look. <laughs> um, so in this minute, Marcy, uh, we'll let you go first. Would you like to just give us your quick take on how Doc how Kelly Lynch is portraying the character of Doc in this minute. What do you think about the way that Doc looks in this minute? This is this is our second chance to see her in uniform. Mm. Yeah, well, she's rocking the lab coat. You don't really get to see a lot of what she's wearing, although the lab coat has um, rolled up sleeves, which I think is a nice casual look for a doctor. Makes you look like you're you're working hard and maybe, you know, putting in a lot of effort. Trying to keep your um, uniform clean. Yeah. I also, I quite like her hair best when it's kind of straight and flat like it is right now. Do you prefer um, this look to the mother of all French braids that she had the last time we saw her in the hospital? Or when they spray it out horizontally from her face and then it comes high? down? <laughs> It's yeah. horrifying. This looks very natural, which I appreciate. She's got what looks like a pearl ear earring on, which yes. is inoffensive. Um, <laughs> she, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they didn't put that on the movie poster. Inoffensive. Yeah, Marcy Wissar, KMBC. She's wearing glasses at the beginning, but then when you get the close-up, she's already taken them off because 
to have a serious conversation, she clearly cannot wear her glasses. You can't, you um, can't, you cannot send emotion out through lenses. No. So she's got to take those off and then you get a clean face, no obscuring of, from the glasses. So I think overall I would put this pretty high on my Lynch looks. Marcy just missed my joke. I had to take off my cheaters because I'm feeling like I'm getting emotional too. Aww. Do you all have any other thoughts? Uh, so we talked about Kelly Lynch. Do you have any quick takes on how she looks in this minute? Let's be really superficial. <laughs> I didn't appreciate the glasses takeoff. It you felt think, like... Was it a she's all that thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's the trope where beautiful women don't wear glasses. Well, she Although should have I would had say her this... hair up in a ponytail because then she should have done the, the ponytail and yeah, glasses. Yeah, the whole reveal. I mean, to be fair, she's not taking off her glasses in this minute to somehow transform into a beautiful flower. She is taking off her glasses seemingly to express pathos. Right, because she's got to get serious now. You know, everybody knows you wear the glasses and you take them off when things get to another level. Yes. Yeah, see, I feel like they took them off so that she didn't have close-ups on it with her glasses on. Listen, yeah. we can't light the scene properly to not show the camera in these gigantic mirrors on her face. <laughs> well, we the, know that huge. the poor director of photography is like, please don't keep the glasses on. I can't get it to work. Have so, you seen this room? <laughs> so, do y'all know who the... So the DP on this movie, um, I might have mentioned him, I think, on Monday's show, <laughs> is Dean Cundy. Mm -hmm. who is one of the most well-respected directors of photogra uh, photography anywhere. I mean, he's, he's back to the future over my shoulder. He's Jurassic park, you know, you name it. Um, he's, he's done it all. Although Marcy and I have noticed he really only has one light setting for every scene that he, that he lights, which is 11. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, maybe the whole reflection issue would have been a problem. I can see in my glasses here in the zoom that it kind of looks like infinite recursion box set in my eyes so yeah. just a it's possible it's possible your glasses are also they're from the drugstore whereas our mine have a little reflection but i have like coatings on mine so they don't do it quite as badly as yours not willing to pay yeah. i'm not willing to pay several hundred oh wow i'm not willing to pay several oh, hundred dollars so just to not reflect everybody in glasses yeah. now these are just cheaters. okay rick's are drugstore glasses too mine yes are, yeah. but even mine like yeah my i'm a getting quite a bit of reflection yeah. on mine yeah yeah like if i was trying to act right now once again this is a great bit for the listeners you know yes because they <laughs> can really yes. let's let's put on and take off our glasses over and over but, again yeah. i can like, see yeah. the, subs the subscriptions rolling in if i was trying to emote into my webcam right now you wouldn't be able to see my eyes because all you can see is the light from my monitors but if we're in a situation where uh patrick swayze has burst into the room and i'm just like oh i gotta deal with this now times are getting serious glasses come off just to show you how serious this is serious all right i know this contradicts what i said earlier about i think it's just for the close-ups because ugly women because pretty women can't wear glasses but my glasses be. are mostly for computer work reading um so when i'm working i wear them all the time but then on occasion when i get on like a zoom call for meeting i will usually start with my glasses on but i'll end up taking them off just because they, it is a thing that is standing between me and the camera, which is me communicating with my coworkers, which is I why for our recording here, I wasn't wearing them most of the time. You, yeah. you, can't, you can't smize with your cheaters on. I can't see without my glasses on. And I also emotionally do not want to have um, 
that much of myself facing the world. I just don't want people to see me. Yeah. So my, I like to hide behind my glasses. My glasses, my glasses are my armor. <laughs> they protect me <laughs> from other people. All right. Well, since this is not eyeglass minute, we should probably just finish up. We got we've got about 20 seconds left. And I, I do I have some thoughts about this this scenic vista that we're about to get to. But does anybody have anything else about what's in the, going on in the hospital? No. I see you're yawning, so we probably better. I know I'm tired. I know it is. <laughs> I it is. Did it is. So it is almost. Today. It is almost nine o'clock. I know it's the witching hour here on the East Coast. I I did like three and a half hours of physical labor this morning. That is true, and you and you spent and it a is long, almost nine o'clock. You spent a long time in the lazy river yesterday. You so. shush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the next scene. I have there's nothing really happens here except we get Dalton pulling up and parking, but that doesn't mean that we can't. T- uh, that doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of interesting things in my notes. Marcy, this is the minute where we uncover and can do a deep dive into the boat dealership. Did you notice oh that God. this is this is our best shot of the boat dealership? So you you may wonder why in Jasper, Missouri, is there a boat dealership? Um, but there is, and we've seen occasional flashes of it in previous shots across from where they decided to build this fake double deuce. Um, but so here's what I know now about the boat dealership, Marcy. I know you took these notes too, but first off, First that. off, this 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 uh, establishment is called Dutch's Boat Sales, mm-hmm. uh, and based on what we see here, they appear to sell just like they appear to sell the kind of boats, Marcy, that you would buy if you wanted to go on Ozark. So Marcy and I have just started watching Ozark. Don't tell us anything about it. We're only through the first four episodes. So no spoilers for Ozark, please. But the kind of boats that you would need to just like ride around on a lake, that's that's what he has parked out in front in the lot. Yeah. So this is the boat dealership. Like, listen, I just want to go out on a lake, get drunk, be loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And Dutch is like, boy, howdy, do I have something for you. That's what you need. You can either go to Big T's Auto Sales or Dutch's Boat Sales. I wonder who Dutch is. I wonder. How, do you think we've seen Dutch in any of the scenes in this movie? <laughs> well, see, now I just want some random German Marcy, guy to pop you, out and be like, oh, yeah, he's Dutch. Marcy, did you do the minutes with me where we were in Red's house after he decided to pack up and leave town? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So that you remember, there's a guy in there that we were joking looks just like Robert Duvall's stand-in. Yes, he's like, yes. and we never he he doesn't have a line. He stands in the back wordlessly and has no useful function. Maybe that's Dutch. Yeah. No one is credited as Dutch. No, because we never meet Dutch. He's too busy yeah. selling boats. Um, um, this is so funny. Like, if you go to Google Maps and you look up Jasper, Missouri, yeah, um, there is. There's a river or a stream, um, Cripple Creek, and there's also this black blob on the map that I think it's because I'm in dark mode right now. That might be the lake, but it's such a weird Actually, shape. That lake has a 135-degree angle and a rounded corner. I'm I know, pretty sure it's, it's not a, a natural body shape. of water. That is yeah, not, I'm that's seeing not a that. lake. I'm guessing it's a reservoir, perhaps. Or a mall. Um, but it's not labeled. Yeah. No. It's definitely a body of water. It's definitely a body. But when I picked it up from um, Google, this is like Google, and see that how it's blue there. Oh, so it's blue. 
Oh, yeah, but you... I think in my maps in dark mode, it made it into this black blob. Maybe it's just a very strangely shaped swimming pool. Uh, so, so when you do satellite are... mode, it's like bright green. Bright green. Oh, green. water yeah. treatment plant? It might yeah. be a water treatment. Oh. Uh, don't go, yeah, it is bright don't green. Go, don't go swimming in that reservoir. Do not oh, go Oh, yeah, it's definitely water Yeesh. treatment. Yikes. Yikes. Oh, so, okay, so, oh, so, so we've passed by Dutch's boat sails. Before we get to that, it's worth pointing out, once again, we get to see the towering foothills of, uh, of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did y'all notice, did y'all notice those mountains? Yeah, that's, uh, everybody knows that oh, yeah. Missouri is famous for its mountain ranges. <laughs> so, in case, in case you didn't know, these scenes were shot basically in, uh, like, outside of Fresno is where most of the on location shooting was done yep. for this movie so that's why we get that's why we get ridiculous shots like this um okay so we've got we've got those foothills um i do like the fact that we still get to see the smoldering ruins of red's auto parts did you notice mm-hmm. that too marcy yeah that's kind of cute it is so obviously they shot this scene after they blew up red's auto parts yeah it is leveled to the ground like sure there is. there's nothing that survived not a um like a filing metal filing cabinet not right. like any of the things that they put products on what do you call those shelves, shelves. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you put products on sometimes Nothing. they sometimes they call them Flat. Hook, hooks <laughs> oh dear well and of course there's a reason for that 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 our guests probably don't know so I don't know if you will be surprised to find this out, but the the exterior of Red's auto parts uh, was a completely fake front. Like oh, there is a facade. It is a facade. There is no building. There is nothing behind Red Red's auto parts. And guess what? The same thing is true about the double deuce. So this thing that you see Dalton walking up to at the end of this minute, there's no building there. Hmm. And the same thing is true about Emmett's home, right? I don't think that's true. I think that's actually a four-sided structure <laughs> that is empty inside. I don't know, though. But yeah, so this so this is a fake building that he is attempting to walk into. Now, speaking of buildings and their validity as structures, uh, have you done, like, a search to see how many, like, businesses and institutions in this country, like, have the name of Double Deuce? I have not, or 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 Roadhouse, because um, what there, I did there's a lot of them. Real quick, I jumped on Google Maps because we were looking at Jasper, Missouri, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if anybody in Jasper, Missouri has decided to open up a double deuce of their own. And the closest one, according to Google Maps, was in Louisville, Kentucky, and it is this little corner liquor store type of thing. Hmm. Oh, it's, oh, it's not even a nightclub or a nope. bar? It's not it's a roadhouse? A, it's a little one-and-a-half-story building next to a Boost Mobile store. That is offensive. I'm going to go out <laughs> really on a limb is. and say, the person who named that store, that's oh, a coincidence. That is not an homage. I agree. Because it's, it's technically a sport bar and grill, so there you go. It's technically a – that means if they can make you a hot dog and sell you beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean – I think it's, there are I think there are a lot of ripoff double deuces scattered around sort of you know what I like to call middle America. It's got um, a 4.4 after 368 reviews. 
gosh, I wonder if it's possible for people to submit fake inflationary reviews to make a base look better on Google Maps. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying sometimes the internet ratings are not 100% accurate. Yeah. We'll see. I would like to talk about the script, but before we do that, anybody have anything else about this this outdoor vista? Uh, I am a bit disappointed that Dutch didn't name his boat sail establishment Dutch's boat sails S A I L S. Oh, good one. But instead this... of S A L E S. I think but, that would just be confusing to but the people don't... that don't want a sailboat. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to pull up and be like, hey, I want a 20 foot runabout. It's like, nope, only masts here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this community doesn't strike me as a sailboat kind of community. Yeah. No, no. Get out there on the water treatment plant if... with the duckweed. <laughs> there, are, there are zero boats being sold by Dutch that do not have a fish well. And a beer well. There are there are none boats uh, like yeah. that. Um, I'm actually disappointed. So Marcy, I'm actually disappointed that Dutch's boat sails doesn't incorrectly have an apostrophe between the e and the s. Yeah, you know, they should just sales. put the whole thing in quotes. Oh yes, like like Big T's auto sales. Super suspicious. <laughs> What's going on here? In, in incorrect quotation marks. Uh, so. Rick, when you said that, I actually thought of a different joke. I'm a little disappointed that this isn't the the double Dutch's boat sails. And they didn't put the double Dutch's boat sails right across the street from the double deuce. Whoa. Who named a bar the double deuce? Like that is a good question. What does that mean, actually? You know what, Julia, believe it or not, 99 episodes into this show, we have never, we have literally never asked the question, why is it called the double deuce? So go. Is it a well, okay, so deuce like a is a thing? poop joke. Well, well okay, okay yeah. but so, it can be. It has several like okay. colloquial meanings. So your so your argument them is a poop joke. So your argument is that this place is really the double poop. Can oh. be. Okay, so here it see, was a big hot stinking pile. <laughs> it was a crappy bar. It was a crappy bar. So, do you think it's so? Another possibility for what double deuce could mean is the number twenty two. Do you think we're on Route 22? So we're on Route 49. I mean, in the real world. Yeah. It doesn't Mm -hmm. sound as good to say the Cuatro Nuevo. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Wrong part of the country for that. Yeah, you bet. That wouldn't fly there. Rick, why do you think this is called the Double Deuce? If they were on Route 22, then naming a bar the Double Deuce would be cool. That would be smart. Yeah, that would work. What do you think, Rick? If there was some sort of playing card like Motif. aesthetic to it yeah and be like oh double deuce you've got two twos in your hand that's as you're playing good. cards but even then if you've only got two twos and that's your power play that's going to be really easy to beat because two yeah. is a very low card and pairs is not a very impressive hand to have right it would be we're, better named double aces then we're also like 15 years away from texas hold'em becoming something that anybody would care about yeah. Marcy, why do you think this is called the double deuce? I have literally never asked you this question in our entire life with Roadhouse. Uh, well, people like alliteration, right? So that's true. And but they could have called it the fancy four. Yeah. The double deuce. I don't know. I'm really stuck on that pile of poop thing. <laughs> it's like, cannot get that out of my head now. Double deuce. It's always been the first thing that came to mind. Wow. Well, they, when now I learned they should... the name of the bar. They should rename it now the No Deuce because this is a nice place now. It is. It's, they do a good yeah. job on this place. I was they impressed. They really do. Well, you I know, didn't realize that was going to be part of the plot that they actually improved the bar. Well, that's why they, at the end of every episode, I say 
you know, you can come and join us on Facebook at the new Double Deuce because this is this is Tillman's dream is to create this fake bar. They didn't change the lighting scheme at all. It's still like you're walking into bright daylight in the middle of this bar. Yeah. Are you saying that's bad? It's hilarious. Like, in order it's to make hilarious. it classier, they should have made it dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's fair. I read somewhere in a book that when the lights go down, the prices go up. Yeah. So the prices are low. I want to ask just one quick question from the script, and I'm sorry for not inserting this back when we were still at the hospital. So one of the big differences between the script version of Doc, the script version of Doc, by the way, is wild. It is totally different than what we see here in this movie. Like, she is much more of a badass in the shooting script. Like, she shoots a gun. She's, like, the one egging Dalton on to, like, get it on with Brad Wesley and his men. So in the, in the script... Basically, Dalton is like calling on the phone, the this lady at the nurse's station, and just says like she she gets Doc on the phone and she just says, "Meet me at the Double Deuce. Wade's in bad shape. Ten minutes. Hurry." So this little domestic dispute that they have not mm. in the script at all. Mm. Do we do we do we even like this minute? I mean, would we have preferred no. this minute to not exist? Yes. I do not like this minute. I don't like this interaction. I would prefer it not to exist. Okay. Not um, necessarily that it's out of character. That's fine. I really have no opinion either way about it being appropriate or not appropriate. I just don't like it. I would have rewritten this scene where instead of Doc being in x-ray, if he had gotten to the nurse's station and the nurse had said, Oh, you want Doc? She's in the morgue. And so oh. Dalton sprints Fake down out. to the morgue, pushes the doors open. There's a body underneath the sheet. And he's like, no, no, no. And then like the door swings shut and Doc's like looking at a chart or something like that. And then he could be like, oh, I thought you were dead. And she'd be like, oh, no, that's that guy on the slab is the dude whose throat you ripped out or something oh. to that effect. Ooh. You know, uh, you're a psychopath, you know, leave me alone. That's See, a, like, that's then they could have had that conversation. Movie. Or or it would have been even better. So let me let me just add to your idea, Rick. They could have had the same exact interaction they had over the body of dead Jimmy. And yeah. that would have just keyed up the fact that that like Dalton is a little bit of a sociopath. And he oh, doesn't oh. even realize that there's some issue with the fact that he's dead. They could have shot the scene where each of them are standing on either side of the table where the dead body is laying because the dead body is physically and emotionally dividing them oh wow man where was i you know i'm not going to answer the question of where i was in 1989 yeah <laughs> little baby i was marcy what do you think do you do you like having this minute in the movie or would you rather just skip from wade to more wade well you know i think it it's good to kind of come back to doc because there's a lot of unanswered tension there um but, you know, I don't really like how he treats her or anything like that. So, I mean, there certainly isn't any less tension at the end of this minute. You no. could even argue that there's probably more tension. Yeah. Because he basically tries to, he, he tries to manhandle her out of the x-ray room. And then, I yeah. mean, they sort of like, I don't know how you all feel at the end of this minute. It kind of feels like they've broken their relationship. 
Yeah. Dalton's good at breaking yeah. his relationships. Like he's got that scene with, I don't want to go on too long, but like he's got that scene with Wade in the barn where he basically just says like, yes. you know, leave whenever you want to. And Wade leaves. And for all we know at that point, Wade is like exiting the movie. Done with him. Yeah. For all we know, this is the last time the two of them are ever going to see each other. Cause Wade or doc has made it pretty clear that she doesn't want to have anything to do with Dalton. And Dalton seems to have sort of given up on trying to protect her. Like, this could be it. This could be the end of their relationship. I think that's yeah. one problem with this scene is that there is no resolution. There's sure. no answer. Because you're yeah. right. We... Kind of seems cer- like a breakup to me. It certainly doesn't really pay off what's going to happen at the end of this movie, which is after he, like, <laughs> after he has his fight with Wesley, she just sort of comes around again and everything is hunky-dory and you know we'll we'll talk about those minutes when they happen but you could argue that it's certainly not earned after the end of this minute i mean i guess the so the most obvious explanation for why we have this minute is that we need sort of a we need a dalton ex machina reason to get him out of the double deuce so that we can kill wade in the double deuce yeah like that's that's why this minute exists but that's that's a pretty lame reason to have this fight i agree and i like that there is this um subterfuge of you think that that wade is scot-free and then it's going to be doc yeah so we've got like this urge this sense of urgency about this scene and then it ends abruptly and oddly and we go back and we're like oh no it was wade I do like that. Again, it's a little, maybe it's because I just saw the Batman, which like spoiler alert, like maybe my favorite superhero movie of all time now. Um, But it's, it's a little bit like that thing in the dark night, you know, Um, like Batman thinks he's, he's going to save the day, but it turns out, nope, you did it wrong. (laughs) Okay. Um, Real quick. Yeah. I looked up the entry for Deuce on Wikipedia, and there's a list of different things that Deuce can stand for. We Ooh. neglected to consider that Double Deuce could be a reference to a dice game. It could also refer to um, a tennis game or a baseball game or uh, two-barrel twin-choke carburetors. Oh. Um, also, a Deuce can also be referred to be referring to a table seating two diners at a restaurant there's oh. all sorts of things that it could lead to but it's we've still talked, kind of a dumb name we've talked about carburetors on the roadhouse minute i think that might be a little bit of a stretch i will just add one more thing to that list since we're trying to come up with explanations it could be a reference to a caliber of ammunition right you can yeah. shoot somebody with a 22 yeah oh yeah it could be all those things but I wanted to make sure that we covered that base just in case there are some listeners who earlier in the conversation were ripping <laughs> yes. their hair out and be like, no, you're missing no, it's it. it's the carburetor. The, no. the, the dozen of listeners <laughs> we have, Rick, yes. are spamming are spamming our Facebook site saying, you bastard, you left there out are, this one thing that 22 can mean. There are dozens <laughs> of them. Dozens. Yes. <laughs> well. Unless anybody has anything else. Anybody have anything else about what we see in this minute before we turn to our, sadly, probably our last guest segment with the two of you? Only that this clip is very frustrating because the drive up to the building and the slow walk across the parking lot and ascending two steps at a time and the clip cuts off before he even reaches for the handle of the door. Yeah. What we, Very disappointing from a guest's perspective. It's what we call a tease, Rick. Uh, We're just trying to build tension. 
Gotta <laughs> leave them wanting more. <laughs> leave them wanting more. <clears throat> we'll tell you what, on our Friday shows, uh, since sadly, we've we've really loved having the two of you on this week. You've been fantastic guests, exceeded my wildest expectations. But since you probably won't be coming back um, for any more minutes here, uh, we'd like to give our guests a chance on Friday to just, you know, if there's any other parts of the movie um, that you want to just to mention or comment on anything that's already happened, which is most of the movie, or anything that's still going to happen in the last 15 minutes or so. Um, Julie, I know you said on Monday that you made some notes and that there are some things about this movie that you have some thoughts about. So you want to just start there? Yes, I do. Okay. One very specific thing was there's this story about a woman he was seeing, a married woman, and that somehow led to the throat ripping incident. I think that should have been made a bigger deal of that. It should have been more of a a plot point in the movie. Uh, When we watched the movie, Rick and I talked about it and making it more of a prominent part of the movie would have changed the movie from less of a, gritty action fighting movie into a bit more emotionally based, which I'm fine with. I would have enjoyed it that way, but I wish that like this big thing that happened in his past was just more a part of who he is because of course it's a huge part of who he is. And he is such a singular character and he's got this ginormous reputation that Tillman goes all the way to Florida Oh, it's New York. It's New York, actually. New York? I don't know why I thought it was Miami. I don't blame you. (laughs) Just based on reputation to go get him and hire him. So why does he have that gigantic reputation? Why does he live this way? I think it probably all goes back to this throat-ripping incident. I think it should have been discussed more. Mm -hmm. There should have been more delving into his history. That is a really good point. Um, I'm not sure that Joel Silver is capable of operating on that emotional wavelength <laughs> based on the, the rest of his uh, his uh, collection of movies from the 1980s. You know, it, it's very possible that all of that stuff was in the movie. Um, we've talked about this a little bit. Believe it or not, the original rough cut of Roadhouse was three and a half hours. Oh. So in, or- <laughs> so in order to distill it down into the still not quite svelte 114 minutes that you all had the privilege to watch. Some things had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been that. I don't know. Um, Okay. So what else? What else is on your list? Uh, I'm very disappointed with the law enforcement in this movie, (laughs) or should I say the utter lack of law enforcement up until the last three minutes of this movie, when the sheriff stumbles in and says, Oh, what's all this then? It's like, dude, where were you this entire time? The answer, of course, is... There are so many dead people. Where are the cops? The answer is that he was on uh, Wesley's payroll. Yes. And that's why he didn't show up. But the 80s loved their hero cops. So where was the hero cop where Dalton's like, oh, man, we got to go after this guy. And then you've got, you know, this dude who's like, oh, man, I would help you, Dalton. But, you know, he's he's got my life bent over a barrel. I can't do it without him utterly destroying everything about me and like giving a little bit of a peek into what Wesley is capable of. Like Wesley has already pacified one guy. What makes Dalton think that he's going to be the one to actually like do it. I mean, I do appreciate that all of the other business owners in town show up with their guns and just shoot Wesley. That was very satisfying to see, but like, 
shouldn't want a cop have been one of those people yeah like where was the 80s hero cop yeah (laughs) yeah that's a really good question i mean i think i think you hit the nail on the head right Like, like in in that scene in red's house after his auto parts blows up he basically says as much he's like who are you going to go to that's not already in wesley's pocket mm-hmm. so you have to like you got to put four shotgun blasts through brad wesley before the the police are released from their bondage and allowed yeah. to actually do their job again um, but that that would have been that would have been interesting too if if the police had been some you know had been more a bigger part of this story so Going back to what you said about there being a three and a half hour cut of this movie, <laughs> was that footage shot or was that just how much, how long it would have been based on the script that you found? Well, uh, not entirely sure. Having not yet had my special episode with director Rowdy Harrington, but you can only imagine <laughs> you, one can dream in the director's commentary. He refers to a three and a half hour rough cut, which based on what I know about that means that that's footage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my understanding, and my understanding is that what that means is that instead of seeing like nine amazing fights, originally they had probably shot like 13 or 14 fights. Like <laughs> wow. there are there are unedited fights, like, you know, release the Harrington cut. Maybe there is a fantastic three-hour version of this movie where there's just way more roundhouse kicks. Yep. I don't know. So are there I really also, so- nine fights in this movie? I just made up that number, but oh, that, okay, seems, okay. that seems about right. I mean, it there are a lot. There are a lot of fights in this movie that still made the cut. I have also heard, and I am very happy about this, that a lot of what got cut out of that three and a half hours is Carrie Ann, hmm. the waitress played by Kathleen Wilhoyt, the oh. annoying waitress. Okay. Oh yeah, the, the busybody that comes yes, to his house. That we one. don't need more of her. We so we've cut her out. Um, there's also, you know, did you all notice that Keith David is in this movie? Like for two seconds, right? So I don't. And again, we're running long on this particular episode, so I don't want to go into too much about this because we've mentioned in previous minutes. There is a whole Ernie the bartender subplot that probably would have been an extra ten or fifteen minutes that ended up getting cut out. That's like disappointing. There, there are scenes that were filmed and not included, which is a tragedy because Keith David is a national treasure and he deserved to be in more than ninety seconds of the movie. They could have given us seven fights instead of nine and a little bit more Keith David. <laughs> That's possible, Julia. Although, I don't know. I'm going to push back a little bit and say, like, which fight would you choose to remove? Oh, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know. That we don't have, have to watch the for. movie again. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I don't remember. Every, they all blur every, together. There's so many. Each one is like a unique snowflake, and each one is particularly <laughs> good in its own way, I think. I don't know. Well, that is the art form that this director chose to give us was mm, right. a fighting movie. So that's what it is. Fighting and pool parties uh, and Patrick Swayze doing Tai Chi. For the last time, sadly, on this podcast, maybe not the last time for the four of us, but uh, Julian, Rick, can you all just remind us again where we can see and hear you on the internet? Certainly. If people want to hear more of our voices, they can go to madmaxminute.com. Once you are there, you can find all five seasons that we have produced covering each of the Mad Max movies and also Waterworld. You'll also find links to our social media sites where you can follow every time we drop a new episode and get notified right away. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Uh, Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at @rhminute, and you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. 
Bye now. Bye.